Steady monthly income is key to a successful retirement. On today's show, five factors to know about your retirement income streams. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome, everybody, to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka, and Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. How is your weekend going so far, Steve? Not too bad. How's everything with you, Teresa? Pretty good, pretty good. So excited now spring is here and things are blooming and getting better and warming up and just just feel more positive. <laughs> no, I think I think everyone is ready to get outside and uh, start enjoying this weather and uh, you yep. know getting back to some normal some semblance of a normal life. Right, exactly, exactly. You're also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard and laurelwealthsolutions.com. And, you know, speaking about, you know, things getting back to normal, we still have to also make those daily financial decisions and financial decisions may impact your income and taxes at certain retirement milestones. There's a key milestone is actually the window between your retirement date and the year you begin taking required minimum distributions or RMDs. And there are several key areas to discuss. The first one is Social Security. Do you want to elaborate on that, Steve, a little bit? Yeah, of course, Teresa. So Social Security is an interesting one because actually a lot of people will end up taking Social Security early. You're eligible to start taking it at 62. Uh, they do that because they, they've been either convinced by a financial advisor, oh, don't touch your investments, the investments are doing so so great, or they're, they're convinced that they're, they have a shorter life expectancy than they actually do. Mm-hmm. And so that's an irreversible decision after you've started, you know, you have a, about 12 months to pay the money back if you wanted to change. Uh, but after that, you're, you're stuck and your, your social security could be reduced by, you know, upwards of 30%. Um, and so that's important because if you live into your 80s, which statistically many of us will, uh, you know, you're, you're really selling yourself short. You're giving away money that uh, the government would have given you. And then there's a myth that your investments are going to outperform delaying Social Security, which is not always true because you have to remember that the money from Social Security is coming from the government and is guaranteed. Whereas the money from your investments, while it could have a period like the one we're in now where it it does really well, it could also have a period like March of last year or 2008 where it does really poorly. Mm -hmm. So um, you want to make you want to make your decisions based on mathematics, not not anecdotes or, um, you know, hope. Hope is not a financial plan. It's good. It's great to be positive, but (laughs) right. um, You don't want to be using hope as your your primary financial plan. No, no. Like you said, you're you're hoping and wishing, and that's great, but definitely not. You want to have something that's solid. 
Um, also, the Roth IRA conversions, and, and that can get a little complicated. And maybe you can explain that a little bit further so it's, so it's not so complicated. Well, the, the whole premise of a Roth IRA conversion is, is basically you want to mitigate taxes in the future. You'd be stupid not to try and cut your tax bill, says Bob. So, and that's, you know, basically, you know, just to illustrate from the new movie Greed, but mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you always want to try and cut your tax bill. So that sure. period between when you retire and when the government forces you to start taking distributions, which is at age 72 currently, you should maybe consider spreading out your, your, your retirement distributions. And why would you want to do that? Well, um, because you're spreading out the tax bill over a longer period of time. So what happens is if you've been saving pre-tax, which most of us have in 401ks, 457 plans, 403b plans, uh, they go by different different names, but they're all pre-tax money where you got money taken out of your paycheck uh, before taxes got taken out of your paycheck. And so when you get to 72, it's time to pay the piper on that because the government doesn't allow you to defer that forever. And what happens is if you saved up, say, a seven-figure amount in your, your retirement plan, you now have very little control over your taxes uh, in the second part of your retirement. So where a Roth IRA conversion sometimes makes sense is if you're looking to mitigate some of that tax impact and if you don't need all of the retirement account to live on. Uh, so there's a portion of that retirement account that you could end up deferring for 15 or 20 years, then a conversion could make sense where, where it kind of goes awry and where it, it, it gets kind of a, um, I think it gets overly anointed by financial planners as a, as a silver bullet and it's not. So one of the key things you have to understand about a Roth conversion is that any money you're converting you subsequently have to pay taxes on. So the IRS is going to knock on your door April of the next year and say, hey, look, you converted $300,000. We want our taxes. And guess what? Our tax brackets are progressive, which means uh, the higher income you make in a year, the higher percentage you pay in taxes. So now you're adding $300,000 on top of whatever you made that year, and you could be paying a pretty significant tax bill. And oh, by the way, that doesn't come out of the IRA, that comes out of your bank. So before you go running to do a Roth conversion, important that you understand that there is a tax bill to be paid. Now, the benefit of that is that you're, if you do have the money sitting in the bank, you're prepaying the taxes now, and that money could now grow for 20 or 30 years, completely tax-free, and uh, more than make up for what you're paying in the taxes. However, it's sometimes positioned as a catch-all for everybody, and it's really not a catch-all for everyone. It's really a solution for someone who has saved up a substantial amount of retirement assets and also has good liquidity in the bank and doesn't need that money to live on. Good to know. Good to know. And the number to call Steve is 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Another area that can get complicated because there's so many different parts to it. There's part B, part D. It's Medicare premiums. That's just something that, you know, there's so many details involved. Well, there is. And the the idea when we talk about it in the context of 
of Roth and retirement distribution streams is that if you don't do proper planning on your source of your retirement income, what you can end up doing is putting yourself into a higher tax bracket and also a higher threshold for Medicare premiums. So going back to that same example that we just used, someone takes out $300,000. Now, all of a sudden, their Part B premium also goes up because their adjusted gross income went up collateral damage, so to speak, or unintended consequences. And so you, you definitely want to you definitely want to sit down with a and have a map and a, a roadmap on how how you're going to go about distributing your assets, because these are pretty avoidable mistakes. And there are strategies if the goal is to mitigate the taxes on minimum distributions. Um, there are other strategies you could use besides just doing a, a one time conversion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Definitely get that roadmap put together. Uh, also to another area that you cover is health insurance before age 65. Yeah. So just like Medicare health insurance, if you're going onto the marketplace, so say you retired early and now you have to get uh, on the health insurance marketplace, it can, it can increase your premium uh, because you won't get the subsidy for the, uh, the health insurance marketplace. So Um, That's another thing to look at in terms of another kind of one of those unintended consequences. And then the, uh, you know, one of the bigger ones is capital gains. Um, So you now could be putting yourself where you might have only been paying 15% capital gains or even a 0% capital gains rate. Now, all of a sudden, you're paying 20%. And that that makes a big difference, especially in the market we're in now. So say you bought Google and you've made a thousand percent on it and you wanted to sell it, now you're paying instead of twenty instead of fifteen percent on the gain, you're paying now twenty percent on the gain. And that can end up being a huge number. Yes, you definitely have to be careful and 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 look at everything, look at the big picture and take everything into consideration. But again, your financial advisor knows you the best. They give the best recommendations. Right. And so you want to basically, Teresa, what you want to look at is is the strategic planning for your retirement window. So Basically, you want to you want to start with, hey, how much am I going to be spending? And once you know that spending figure, you can kind of figure out, well, I'm going to need to generate this much money from my assets. Which where is the best place to take it? And does it make sense for me to look at things like net unrealized appreciation? Whereas if you had a huge amount of company stock in your 401k, that would allow you to take it out. Um get a one-time tax hit, is that a smarter a smarter way to go about it than doing, say, a Roth conversion? Um, so it's there's a lot of different moving parts depending on what you have. And so what you, know, you want to do is if you think about it, um, when we get into the car nowadays, right, and you go on, before you even start to go someplace, you plug it into Waze. Why do you want to do that? Well, you, you plug it into Waze because it's going to tell you where the traffic is, where the road construction is. And it's the same thing with a a retirement distribution plan. You're going to want to avoid those tax pitfalls of taking money out haphazardly or in some type of a random format, because what happens is your silent partner in that is Uncle Sam. So if you're like most of my clients, you don't want to make Uncle Sam unnecessarily rich. And so how do we how do we avoid Uncle Sam taking a bigger cut of our retirement? Well, that's something we're going to do for the first 15 callers today. We're going to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan that's going to show you, based on what you're spending, here's the best places to take your money, and here's how much money you're going to project to need in each year, and here's where it's going to come from. And we're going to look to see, does it make sense to 
take from a Roth? Does it make sense to take from your stocks? Does it make sense to take from your retirement account? And we're going to lay out that roadmap and we're going to do that for free for the first 15 callers who call into the show right now. And if Teresa, if you could just give them the details. Sure. That number to call, Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. It's for retirees and pre-retirees, common sense planning and straight talk instead of that financial double talk and a sales pitch you might get somewhere else. Folks, you just need to sit down and get a financial roadmap put together, just as Steve said. And he's going to translate that complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practice financial review. Again, for the next 15 callers, that number again, 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. What's on the way, Steve? So, well, so we're going to continue with the Roth IRA. It's something we often talk about on the show. And in the next segment, we're going to break down the five-year rule and how it could trigger taxes and penalties if you're not careful. You are tuned to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. And Steve is a fiduciary. And that what that means is he's got your best interest in mind. And also he's got over two decades of experience and has been a sought after speaker and has been brought in to train advisors at some of the largest financial firms and insurance companies. And just has all that years of experience. And that's something important, especially when we're talking about different things like IRAs and Roth IRAs. And with apologies to William Shakespeare, to Roth or not to Roth, uh, that is the question. Um, There's just a lot of things about the Roth IRA that we want to get into. And first, there is some history behind it. And put your professor cap on, Steve. Can you tell us a little bit about Roth history? Yeah, sure. It's actually, um, some people think it's from Hyman Roth from The Godfather Part Two, but it's not. <laughs> it's, uh, it's William Roth, who was a senator from Delaware, who um, the, he sponsored the legislation that uh, established the, the Roth IRA in 1997. Mm-hmm. The, big, the big drawer of the Roth IRA is that it grows tax-free, and the withdrawals are tax-free in your retirement. So the idea of that is, so if we think about the Roth compared to a regular IRA. Historically, when we've contributed into our 401ks or a traditional IRA, we're putting in a dollar and we're, we're deducting it from our tax bill. So we're saving a dollar of taxes currently. But when that dollar grows to $4 by the time we retire, we now have to pay tax on all $4. The benefit of the Roth is, hey, I'm not, I'm not saving on the dollar that I'm putting in, but when it grows to $4, I can access all four of my dollars tax-free. So I'm not I'm not getting hit at the end. And so it allows you to have a more manageable um, retirement stream because you 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 control the taxes. So the one thing we don't know is that what the tax brackets are going to be when you retire. And if you've if you've left everything deferring until your minimum distribution age, you now have no control over how much you pay in taxes. And and so, again, like we talked about last segment, you're basically making Uncle Sam your unintended beneficiary of that. Yeah, yeah. And and Uncle Sam's got plenty of money, so we don't want to give him anything else. <laughs> you know. Um, right, no, absolutely. No, no. Um, also, too, what, there's so many rules, too, we've got to follow. What is the Roth IRA five-year rule? 
Can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. So after you open and contribute to your Roth IRA, you need to wait five years before you can get the earnings on the account tax-free. Uh, you also need to be over 59 and a half to get the tax-free withdrawal of your earnings. Now, that's different than your principal. Um, so the five-year time frame is calculated based on your tax year. So the IRS determines a tax year for, as running from the calendar year, basically, January 1 to December 31st. Mm -hmm. The deadline for contributions coincides with filing taxes, so that's April 15th. But in terms of the clock on the five years, it goes by the calendar year. So you could have contributed uh, in April of this year for 2020 for tax purposes, but your five-year clock starts in 2021. So important to understand that. And you know, you can be you can begin withdrawing the earnings five years from the date that you opened it. But you can start taking your principal out at any time if you wanted to. If you needed to get your principal back, that's that's one of the big benefits of the Roth IRA. Okay, and that is good to know. Good to know because there's just there is so much to know about it. And there's also a five year rule for Roth IRA conversions. Get some more rules. That is, <laughs> yeah, more rules exactly. Um, so with the conversion, same idea. Uh, you're going to have to wait from five years from when it was converted. So as opposed to waiting the five years on your initial conversion, uh, your initial contribution rather, each conversion has its own five-year waiting period. So if you were to convert $20,000 in 2021, you'd have to wait till 2026 to be eligible to take qualified distributions. If you convert another 20000 in 2022, you'll need to wait till 2027. So each one of those conversions is going to have a distinct five-year waiting period. And why that makes sense is because remember what we talked about last time with the larger, the large $300,000 conversion? Mm -hmm. Well, you, you're catapulting yourself into a higher tax bracket. So what some people do is they say, oh, I'm going to I'm going to convert gradually. Well, you have to remember that each one of those conversions is going to have its own five-year clock. And, um, you know, you have to factor that in into your distribution strategy. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. That makes more sense now. Um, also, just, just another rule, the five-year rule for inherited Roth IRAs. So this is a little bit confusing because of, of where the government just changed the rules. So you used to be able to stretch out a, a Roth IRA, and now you have to liquidate it in, within 10 years. The government doesn't care when you take it out. You could take it all out in the 10th year if you wanted to. But if you've inherited a Roth IRA, um, you're still subject to the five years. So you want to you have to check the date of the original contribution. So say you contributed to an IRA and then a Roth IRA and then unfortunately passed away a week later, the the person who's inheriting that, in order for them to get any kind of tax benefit on the earnings would have to wait the five years. Um, now they have up to 10 years to withdraw it. So, but that's that's important to know as if you're, if you happen to be a beneficiary of a Roth IRA. Yes, yes it is, it definitely is. And the number to give Steve Kaltz, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. And there's always consequences for breaking rules, and that includes uh, the five-year rule. Right. There is consequences. So if you take a distribution from a Roth IRA that's fewer than five years old, the portion of the withdrawal that comes from investment earnings could be subject to income tax. And if you're under 59 and a half, 
it could be subject to an early withdrawal penalty. So the amount of penalties and taxes you pay will depend on your age, your income, and how long you've held the account. What do we mean by that? Well, because the tax brackets are progressive, if you were making, say, $80,000, then it could be putting you from a 12% bracket potentially to a 22% bracket. And now 22 cents of every of every dollar of earnings is being taxed by the federal government on that, plus a 10% penalty if you were, say, 57 years old, you know, obviously under 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. And so you might lose 32 cents of those earnings to taxes. So if you're if you're under 59 and a half and you've held that account less than five years, um, you should just expect that you're going to pay the 10% penalty tax plus a, a fair amount of income tax on the earnings. And so that's why it definitely makes sense to really avoid, if possible, breaking the five-year rule. Yes, oh, definitely, definitely. We, we again, we don't want to give any more money to the government than we have to. So that just that makes sense. But um, there are some exceptions to that rule too. There, there's a handful of exceptions. So <clears throat> there are several times when you may be able to make early withdrawals from a Roth IRA without paying a penalty. Uh, you might be able to use up to 10000 of the earnings to pay for a first home. Uh, you could also use the earnings to cover higher education expenses for yourself, your spouse, child, or where we see it most often is for a grandchild. Uh, you also may reimburse yourself for medical expenses that are over 10% of your adjusted income. So let's just, I've seen that uh, happen once before in my career where I had a client who unfortunately had... Um, cancer and there was an experimental treatment that wasn't covered by his insurance and he tapped into the Roth IRA to pay for that that treatment and in that year his his uh, medical expenses were far in excess of 10% of his gross income and so that's that's a situation where you would be able to break break the the five-year rule uh, also, and this is one that is relevant today, if you're unemployed, you might be eligible to use the funds to pay for health insurance premium. And there are also exceptions if you become permanently disabled. So uh, again, worried about keeping your health insurance and you've lost your job recently, um, you you would be able to potentially avoid the five-year rule on the Roth in that situation. All in all, the Roth IRA is a great tool for saving for retirement. It's not for everyone. Uh, so it's important that you, before you decide to do a conversion or um, or to do the Roth in general, that you you speak to an advisor and you, you make sure that's that's what's in your interest. Um, so what we want to think about is, does that Roth make sense for you? And what are you doing? And what's the context of your overall plan? And what we're gonna, what we're offering today for the next five callers, Teresa, is anyone who calls in, we're going to put together a free tax analysis, a free comprehensive retirement distribution plan. We're going to answer whether or not the Roth makes sense for you. We're going to look at your situation and say, hey, have you have you had this Roth five years already? Are the, Is this a place where you could potentially take distributions from? Is there a piece of your retirement account that maybe instead of putting it in pre-tax, you could put in after-tax? We'll look at your, your retirement plans that are offered through work. You'd be surprised that most retirement plans today through work are going to allow you to take money after tax money and put it into a Roth 401k or a Roth 403b. And so these are the types of things that we're going to look at in the plan. And again, the next five callers who call in, we are going to give that completely free. 
Yep, and that number to call Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Today is your opportunity, folks, to build the tomorrow that you want. There is no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation. To find out what your investments are really costing you because of high fees or commissions, what future tax implications will be, and how much income you can securely generate from that once you do move into retirement. Pick up the phone and call Steve, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Steve's an advisor you can trust. He's got over two decades of experience, and you know he's going to be there by your side listening to your concerns and plans for your future, putting that roadmap together, a financial GPS, if you will, um, helping you avoid giving any more money than you have to, watching out for things that, uh, that, that you know you need another set of eyes on. He's there supporting you, listening to all your concerns. Let him put it together, a, a lifetime customizable retirement plan for you. And that number to call again, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Let Steve take the stress out of planning your retirement future. We've got another segment on the way, Steve. What's coming up? The old adage of one size fits all may work for bathrobes, but it certainly doesn't work for your retirement. When we come back, we'll break down what works and what might not in your unique situation. Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. And as we mentioned before, Steve's got over two decades of experience and is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. And also check out his website, laurelwealthsolutions.com. And we're mentioning before one size definitely doesn't fit all um, you know, cookie cutter plans for financial plans are just not not the right thing you need to be going with. And that can be said of some of the tried and true rules of uh, rules of thumb, rather, that are familiar to us all. And thanks to Bankrate, we're going to be able to see some old standards in a new light. See what makes sense to you. The first one, let's pay off the mortgage. That that sounds great, Steve. It really does. Right. Well, yeah, no, we've all been kind of drilled into our head that we want to go into retirement with no debt. Mm -hmm. And so it's very common for people to say, oh, well, I want to have my mortgage paid off when, when, I get, when, I, when I do hit retirement. And so getting rid of debt, it seems like a noble pursuit, right? It, but it could have a downside. There are circumstances where paying off your mortgage might not be the right move. And the decision to rid yourself of a mortgage, is, you know, it's, a lot of times is based on emotion and gut rather than financial you know, financial, uh, we're having it financially in your best interest. Mm -hmm. So depending on the interest rate involved, it might make better sense to invest the cash or just basically have the cash available and, and continue to have a low interest rate loan. Why do I say that? Well, one of the big things in retirement is cash flow. So one of the most important things is having, having cash flow when you need it. And when you, when you need it and you don't have it, it's very hard to get. And that leads to bad decisions. So you always want to make decisions from a position of strength. So for example, if you have no money and you're, you have your house in foreclosure and the neighborhood knows that your house is in foreclosure 
and you're doing a, a yard sale or a tag sale, are people going to offer you the fair value for your possessions when they know that you need the cash? It's, it's the same idea. And so if you pay off the mortgage and you've used up all of your, your, your bank assets to do that, and now something goes wrong, you can't then go back and get the mortgage again because you're not working anymore. Mm-hmm. And you, you now the bank is going to say, oh, well, we don't really want to give you a mortgage. <laughs> and so, um, so it's not like it's not like you can just turn it back on again. And so you always want to look to make sure you have an adequate cushion of cash, because even if you're paying 3% on your mortgage and you're paying and you're getting a tenth of a percent in your bank account, it still makes sense to have a baseline level of cash. And so let's let's just say a, a female who becomes a widow in her early 60s. She has 30 or 35 years of, of worrying about inflation uh, in terms of living on in retirement. Locking in a guaranteed low rate on a fixed rate mortgage could actually save her tens of thousands, if not more, over the course of her lifetime because now she's actually taking some of that retirement money, and this is a big one that we see a lot, people take out money from their retirement account to pay off a mortgage. Um, and so now not only did she pay taxes on that money if she took it out to pay off her mortgage, she also lost 30 potential years of growth in the retirement account. And so I hear that all the time. Oh, I'm going to just take from my retirement account and pay off my mortgage. Well, think about that logically. You're now paying potentially 30% in taxes on the money that you distributed to save on a 3% debt. And now you also don't have that money growing for you. So what happens if you live to 90 years old? Now, you've just dramatically increased the ch- the likelihood of running out of money, or you've forced yourself into something like a reverse mortgage, where now your, your house is not going to end up going to your children because you've needed it to produce your income. Right, right. Not a good move. Definitely not a good move. Um, and, and the next one we've got is we're going to need X amount of money a year to retire comfortably. Now we say like, you, oh, you definitely need a million dollars. I've heard that figure quite a bit. Yeah. So a million dollars or we hear 80% of your pre-retirement income. These rules of thumb are complete garbage. Uh-huh. There, there is no, there is no silver bullet. There is no magic number. Um, I think ING used to have those commercials with the person walking around with a giant number. <laughs> every person's every person's different because it, what's comfortable to you might be completely comfortable, not comfortable to someone else. So, for example, I have a client that I was doing a plan for last week who they have saved a huge amount of money in their, their retirement accounts uh, because they thought they needed to. But their lifestyle, they their lifestyle is going to cost maybe four to $5,000 a month in retirement because they want to basically stay local. Um, they they have a camper. They're going to go to different national parks and, and, and park in, in, you know, campgrounds and, 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 you know, pretty low cost activities in retirement. Sure. So they have the assets to support probably a $12,000 a month lifestyle, but, their, their actual lifestyle is going to cost 4000 or 5000 a month. And what happens is, is the, you know, the beneficiary of that is obviously your children, right? Because now you're leaving them a huge amount when you pass away. And so knowing what your individual spending is going to look like is the most critical thing in retirement and to determine whether or not you could retire comfortably. Someone could have the exact same assets as as the people I was just describing, 
In fact, I have a different client who is a doctor who has a pretty similar level of assets, but his lifestyle was costing him about $20,000 a month. And so he didn't have the assets to support his lifestyle. So they had the same amount of assets, but they had two very different goals or lifestyles that they were going to lead in retirement. And so it's really has to be an individualized plan. And, and that's why you definitely need to sit down with a, a financial advisor to go through all of this, because you just said same amount of money, but totally different lifestyles. So, um, and if you want to talk to Steve, and he's got some good advice he's given today and in, um, over 20 years of experience, give him a call 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. The next uh, area we look in is let's downsize. Uh, really? Downsizing your house, is that always a good idea? Well, getting rid of a big house once the kids are gone may be a good idea. But like any other type of financial decision, it's good to crunch the numbers and first and not simply assume that downsizing is right for everyone. So your kids may be pushing you to downsize, but maybe part of your comfort in retirement is is staying in that house. Uh, so if you've become attached to the house and you don't really want to be in a smaller place, um, and we see this a lot. And I've saw it with my own my own parents who we finally got to downsize when they were in their late 70s. My dad is a hoarder. So it was very difficult, the whole downsizing process, because he became very attached to things that really have no value. But to him, he didn't want to part with them. And so you have to look at, are you the right, are you the right mental makeup for downsizing, first off? Second off, you have to look at, what are you downsizing to, right? If you're living in an expensive area and you're moving to another expensive area, a condo might not be that much of a savings to the house that you were living in. Because it, now if you're moving from say New York City and you're moving to you know, the villages, it's possible that the apartment that you're selling in Manhattan is substantially more, more valuable than what you're, 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 you're buying into. Mm -hmm. And so there could be, that could free up a, a, quite a bit of equity. But what we see a lot of times is someone will be selling a house for 600000 and then they're buying a place for 500000 It's not really freeing up that much equity uh, to do that. And so you have to, you know, you have to really consider all of the options when you're, when you're downsizing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I actually had to do some cleaning this year. Last year I, I moved. So that, that's a good way to get rid of all your stuff when you, you do have to definitely move just because you're moving to a new location. That's uh, one way to get rid of some of the, the stuff that you have. Um, also too, the next one is let's skimp on our savings. We, you know, we don't have to save anymore, right? When we're in retirement, we're done. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not necessarily true. Uh, oh, darn. So darn. Okay. It's it, it's important to have cash flow for the same reasons we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, so yes, you can do things like maybe reduce your 401k contribution, but if, if you do that, then what you're doing is you're you're borrowing from the future to help today. And so what happens if you live into your 90s or 95 or you know then you're not going to have the money that you need to, to you know, ensure a proper lifestyle in retirement. And so you have to, again, do all decisions in the context of a plan. And having a plan is so, so critical. And that's the peace of mind of knowing, hey, 
here's what I here's what I want my retirement to look like. Here's what I think it's going to cost. And then the ongoing review of working with a planner and making sure you're staying on pace. Because it's just like if we were trying to lose weight as a New Year's resolution, you go out and buy a scale because you want to measure yourself to see how you're progressing. Mm -hmm. And if you're working with the right financial planner, you're going to have reviews where it, they're going to show you, are you on track to what you thought? Are you spending more? Do we need to adjust? And it starts with a plan. And that's what we're offering the next five callers, a free comprehensive retirement distribution plan that's going to look at spending, that's going to help you craft that well-defined goal, that's going to help you paint a picture of what your retirement lifestyle is going to look like, and more importantly, what it's going to cost. And if you could give them the number, Teresa. Sure. That is 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Folks, the first step is to sit down with a financial advisor. If something we're talking about resonates with you today, whether it's tax planning, it's Social Security, you know, healthcare, just the overall big picture. You want to give Steve a call, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. If you feel the need just to get that second opinion or if you want to make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals, give Steve a call, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Take the stress out of planning for your future. And there's no price to put on peace of mind. Let Steve put together a roadmap to guide you into your future and take that and get, you know, make it worry-free. That's that's something I, I wish I had right now. <laughs> but you definitely want that for your future later on in retirement. The number to call Steve again, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Can't believe the show is just flying by. What's on the way next? Well, Teresa, it's wonderful to see the response we've been getting from the show in the few short weeks that we've been doing it. And the listeners have been busy asking plenty of questions. When we come back, we're going to answer as many as time allows. Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. And Steve's got over two decades of experience. He is a fiduciary. And some of the things he can help you out with is estate planning, financial planning, health insurance, long-term care. Also, social security maximization, you, you do it all, Steve. <laughs> it's definitely Thanks. definitely a good thing, good thing you want on your side. And, you know, we've had so many listeners call in and, and submit their questions, and we're going to tackle a few of those right now. The first one up is Michelle from Lacanto, and it, she says, My husband and I are raising our grandchildren. Their parents, unfortunately, passed away years ago. And we're both we were both retired back then, although I've since gone back to work part-time. We are now in our mid-70s with two teenagers who will want to go to college in the next few years. Our retirement plan obviously never considered this as a possibility. Is it too late to turn it around? Well, Michelle, a great question, and my condolences on your loss. Uh, in terms of college costs, they obviously are have skyrocketed over the the past few years. However, there is also a tremendous amount of aid available 
Uh, so there are ways to mitigate the cost in terms of whether it be going to some of the fine state schools that we have here in Florida or producing a, uh, a FAFSA form and applying for financial aid. There, There's a lot of aid that they can get. Um, and does your retirement take a back seat? Well, it's, it's all about the levers that you pull. And so if you're willing to work, obviously, then that's, that's, that can be a solution. Um, it's prioritizing things. So if you're not physically able to work, then it, it would involve having to cut back in some other areas, perhaps. And so there's really no one set answer. It's, it's looking at what's important to you, kind of prioritizing what your goals are, and then trying to find the money to do it. And so what we'd have to look at in, in your specific situation is how much of your your retirement assets have already kind of been burned through. Is there a piece of your retirement assets that we could reasonably set aside for for college tuition? And like we mentioned earlier in the show with the Roth IRA, um, that might be a situation where maybe you tap into a Roth IRA to uh, to pay some tuition costs. These are definitely things that we would look at uh, in terms of an individual plan. And maybe she can give you a call later on too as well to maybe sit down and get an appointment put together. That would be good to go over all of this. So, No, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Our next question is from Barbara in Rutland. My mother wants to give me her IRA. She is in an assisted living community and she asked me to watch it for her. I've been keeping up on her RMDs and she told me last week she wants me to just have it. I'm not sure how that works. Can you help her on that? Yes, Barbara. So <clears throat> this is actually, I hear this a lot, actually. People say, oh, I don't really want this IRA. Can I just give it to my children? Well, not really. <laughs> and so you, your mother would have to actually withdraw all of her money from the IRA, pay income taxes on it, and then she would have to do a, she would have to put it as a gift to you to do that. And it's probably not in her best interest to do that, nor is it in yours. Uh, the beneficiary of, of her doing that would probably be Uncle Sam and the assisted living community that she's in, because most likely they would view if she's getting any kind of support um, from the government on paying for that, she would lose that because she now would have a huge increase in her income. So in terms of watching the account for her, she can make you an authorized party on her IRA. And it sounds like she's done that already to where you have the ability as a power of attorney to make transactions to make sure she takes her RMD and things of that nature. But in terms of just switching it into to your name, there would be um, sizable tax consequences to that. So my my gut reaction would be no to, to doing that. Okay. Okay. Our next question is from Ron in Wildwood. I want to leave a reasonable amount of money to my kids, but I also don't want to pinch pennies throughout my entire retirement to make it happen. Do you have any tips in this area? So, Ron, this is one of those things where we really need a whole plan, right? Because we want to make sure that you have the money set aside to live the lifestyle you want to live in retirement. And so in order to do that, we need to we need to factor in things like inflation and taxes and life expectancy and determine, hey, this is the amount of money you're going to need to support your lifestyle. And then that will correspondingly tell us how much money is left over for your children. And so that would kind of answer your not pinching pennies portion because you're supporting the lifestyle that you're 
you want to live. And then once we know how much money is going to be left over, you might say to yourself, well, that's that's enough money to leave them. Or if it's not enough, that's a situation where you look at purchasing life insurance or or some type of other uh, vehicle to be able to transfer assets to them. Okay. Okay. Good advice. And next question is from Maggie and Reddick. My mom is 79 and doesn't have any tolerance for risk with her nest egg. She has more income than she'll ever need because of my dad's military pension that she's now getting. I'm considering annuity, an annuity for her, not because she'll need the income, but as a way to protect the principal. Good idea or not? Well, that's a great question, Maggie. It, it could be a good idea. It depends on what type of assets you're you're looking to protect. If it's after-tax assets that you're looking to protect with the annuity and she doesn't need additional income, I would I would lean to the side of no. And the reason I would do that is because there's certain negative tax tax aspects of the annuity if you're doing it with non-qualified money, meaning non-IRA, non-retirement account money. And those negative tax aspects would be the beneficiary is going to have to pay income tax on the earnings when your mother passes away, number one. And number two, if she had just kept it in a bank or a brokerage account or some type of investment account, um, there would be something called a step up on death to where the beneficiaries wouldn't owe any taxes. Now, with if the money is sitting in a retirement account, so rather than being in some type of a mutual fund, it may make sense to do some type of a fixed annuity since she doesn't uh, she doesn't like have any tolerance for risk as what you you mentioned in your question. So, if she's sitting in a bond fund in her retirement account, bond funds do have a minimal level of risk, and they're certainly not providing a lot of interest. A fixed annuity inside that retirement account could make a ton of sense. All the negatives of the annuity are the same negatives of the retirement account in that they're going to be taxed as income. They're not going to receive any kind of step up on death. So you're offsetting the negatives of the annuity by owning it in the IRA account, which has correspondingly the same negatives. So it could be a good idea. It would depend on her assets. And uh, it certainly would be a way to reduce risk if it's if she has risk in a retirement account. Okay. And our last question's from Emma in Archer. Are Social Security benefits withheld because of excess earnings returned to you in monthly installments when you reach full retirement age? Yes, is the short answer. <laughs> uh, they, they, are, they, are, they are paid back to you. Uh, the, but however, what you really want to think about is, so if you make over that $18,950 threshold, which is where you start to lose social security benefits if you took them early. So if you took social security at 62, for every $2 you make above 18,950, you lose a, a dollar of social security benefits. So let's just say you decided to take social security early and it was $1,500 a month at 62. So that's $18,000 a year. So now if you make if you're working a job where you're making thirty six thousand more than eighteen thousand nine fifty, right? So if you're if you're making say fifty five thousand dollars a year, you're going to lose all of that benefit, meaning you're you're not going to get it between sixty two and full retirement. So what was the point of taking it early if you're not if you're not getting the benefit? So yes, it will come back to you, but it would have it would have come back to you anyway in the form of a higher payment with the full retirement. So I wouldn't be on board with 
with taking it taking it early if your intention is to continue to work. Okay. All right. All great. Great answers. Um, some really good questions. I'm sure we're going to have some more next week. And um, also, we're going to give more information to our listeners right now on how you can help them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you, Teresa. So as we've talked throughout the show today, and and we will be in the coming weeks, it's it's about how all of your assets work together. And having a plan or a roadmap to, to make sure that they're working together in the most efficient way. And that's what we're offering people today is we're offering a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. And we still have about three spots left. So if, if you want to call in now, we're offering that completely for free to anyone who calls in. And that's that retirement distribution plan is going to look at your well-defined goal, what your lifestyle is going to look like in retirement, how you're going to spend your day, what that's going to cost. Do you have enough when you factor in inflation and taxes? And and do you have enough guaranteed sources of income to meet your lifestyle? And so we're going to look at all of those questions and we're going to make that available for free for the next three callers who call into this show. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Folks, you just need to sit down and get that financial roadmap we've been talking about the during this whole show put together. Steve's going to translate the complex financial world into something that just makes sense. There's just so many things to go over, and maybe you're not 100% sure. Uh, you know, do I take a Roth IRA? Do I do a Roth conversion? The, you know, there's things with Medicare. There are so many things that you need some assistance with, and it's fine. Steve's going to just translate all of that into something that's so simple. Take the stress out of planning for your financial future. Again, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. Again, we've got three spots left. I hear the phone's ringing right now. That number to call, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. The roadmap is going to get you where you need to be. Folks, nothing to lose, no obligation and no cost. Take the stress again out of planning for your future. Call Steve right now, 800-705-9995. Steve, as always, it's been so much fun. I learned so much, and I just can't believe the show is over. It goes by fast, Teresa. So, But like you said at the beginning, we're starting to get into the season where we'll hopefully have a lot better weather each week and so let's let the people go out and enjoy their sunday and we'll see you again next week absolutely we'll have more new topics new questions and lots more next week on the retirement referee with steve caruso The information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management, LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with the SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. 